This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Darren Moser, sitting in the center chair this week. I've just returned from retrieving a wayward torpedo with Lieutenant Commander Philip Gilfus. Does it seem a little dark here on the bridge to you Philip? Uh, it does and 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 you know that because money doesn't exist I'm not in charge of paying the light bill so um uh but you know I think it's all right because look I've got my uh I got my my trusty palm beacon yeah I I'm definitely able to see which actually this is really good you get carpal tunnel from these they should really like if you attach it to it's a wrist it's not ergonomic at all it I really know. isn't I'm gonna have to wait till the technology improves in two to three years. For it's the, like you're high fiving the light, and it's like, does that? What does that even accomplish? I think we're gonna have to wait until the Intrepid class when they get palm beacons attached to your wrist. And I've also, you know, I can I can see just just around that curve in the corridor. Is that crewman Daniel Prue? Daniel, what have you devolved into? All right, first of all, Darren. As the resident blue shirt, I have to tell you, the term de-evolve <laughs> is super offensive to me. It is literally a contradiction in terms and means nothing, okay? So that's a ridiculous thing to say, but I guess if you want to use it, I have de-evolved because, I don't know, I needed to use some, some uh, spider webs in this dark corner, okay? <laughs> and it's a little offensive for you to presume that I have somehow reverted to a more primitive form. Maybe it's just good for me to be able to spin these webs, Darren. Maybe I'm just Spider-Dan now. Have you ever thought of that? Well, he does Spider whatever Dan. a Spider-Dan Spider can. Spider-Dan. <laughs> well, as you might have guessed, as we are approaching the Earth holiday of Halloween, that we are going to be talking about some of the scarier episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. And we're going to be talking about four great scary episodes of Star Trek. So starting off season four, though they've had time to shake out the characters a bit, now they're ready to be scary. And we're gonna start talking about Night Terrors. I mean, just the title, it sounds pretty scary. Now, in this one, you know, the crew can't sleep. And I don't know how much of the science, pseudoscience in the 90s was true. I, th- I do know REM sleep plays an important factor in sanity, but they, they took a couple leaps scientifically in this episode. Quantum um, leaps? Yes. We hadn't reached Enterprise yet, so I think that might be a leap to say they were quantum leaps. So this is the one where the crew discovers the ship that is everyone's dead. You know, good good sign. Good good way to start. And then no one can sleep and everyone starts losing their mind. Not everyone is. Oh, that is true. 
there is one lone survivor. You know, we we needed one character. You know, okay. To to sidebar for a second, uh, we've been watching a ton of the Toy Story of Terror, which is a little Toy Story story. It's about twenty minutes long, but one of the characters, he's monologuing through the entire episode about like oh this is like a horror movie and then this is going to happen and th- we could have used that for night terrors where someone's like oh look captain it's a ship with dead people on it you know horror movie tell us not to go over there but you were right philip there is someone who was not dead and who was that it was a minbari by the name of oh actually no this isn't his <laughs> babylon 5 character um, he's actually a Betazoid. Uh, actually, a Minbari. But he's a Betazoid, um, yes, yes, who Troy has to try and reach in his catatonic state. Can I say? No. All right, so I think what else happens in this episode <laughs> is... You I, asked, Daniel. I mean, you did ask. You know, one thing I, I, I did just want to mention a little, little to the side here. Um, this episode... In the way it sets up, like the creepiness of the episode, like wh- when they're talking about the one survivor on the ship, like, oh, they they come to this binary star system, and there's another there's another ship there, and they're like, oh, and Picard literally says, Data, can what about the life readings? And Data says, inconclusive, <laughs> sir, for no reason, just because it's got to be creepy, and then, and then he looks to Troy, and Troy's like, there's definitely someone alive. <laughs> But something, and I can't remember the exact really line that vague. she says. But she literally stops mid sentence and like just doesn't say a word. And I'm like, this is why you have the reputation of being useless because she's like, I sense something, but it's, ah. and then just stops. And it's like, like they go through like a crazy lengths to make this like. The setup really creepy, but uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, because I think this episode in in I don't know. I've kind of heard it one of two ways that this episode's like oh super lame. It's the one where Deanna's hanging from the green screen and it looks stupid, <laughs> and it's to find oxygen, which is like the easiest thing to uh, find. It's hydrogen, it's, Philip. Or hydrogen. So is your face. Um, and so <laughs> you know, it's literally like number one on the you know periodic table. Um, but anyway, but then I've heard the other side, which I tend to agree with, is that this actually is, I'm a Libra, is actually, this actually is a really spooky episode. That I, it really is not dumb episode, it's not a dumb episode at all. I mean, I would want, if you think it is, watch it again. Because yes, there is the Troy hanging in blah, 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 but that's like 10% of the episode. 90% is much spooky-doo. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, you know, pretty scary. Well, what if... What if it wasn't hydrogen they needed? What if it was like uranium? So it's like 92 moon circles. <laughs> they're just like, what are you talking about? Creepy voice. Look, look, Darren, in 2015, uranium may be abundant at your neighborhood drugstore, but here in the 24th century, it's a little hard to come by. Oh, and it's that's great. That's even better since tomorrow's Back to the Future Day at the time of this recording. There are a bunch of of creepy moments in this episode. Like the one I'm thinking of that pops out in my mind is Picard sitting in his ready room and uh, somebody chimes in like they normally do. And he's like, come in, you know, like he normally says, and they don't. And then he gets up 
and to check like hey why is nobody at the door the door shuts and then he goes back and sits down and it's still just doo -doo 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 -doo. and then like somebody knocks on the door and like a caveman that is not a sound you hear on star trek so it's like kind of like whoa what is happening like what's going on right now and you have picard in the turbo lift yeah. no i'm sure if i'm cool I think many people would vote, though, that Beverly Crusher has one of the scariest moments where she's in the morgue, the, you know, and there's all the dead crew and they're. On, I know you said morgue. Plastic. I heard Borg. Yeah. So. Morgue. Yeah. You know, it's a square shaped room. I mean, uh, it's <laughs> it's got tables with people. I mean, it's gosh, how do I make this clear? But yeah. And then basically she's she hears the rustle and she turns around and there's like it just one of the bodies sat up under the plastic and then she turns around again and then everyone sat up and oh my gosh that's it's that's scary i would be and she's like it's not real it's not real and we're like okay we know you're breaking the fourth wall bev but you know it's it's okay but yes this is the famous eyes in the dark one moon circles uh, you know where are and you and i you know <laughs> and also Where are you? this is also the episode find you. <laughs> this is also the episode I, I don't ever remember that this is the episode but this is also the episode of that infamous moment with Guinan and her this is a little souvenir I picked up from Magus 3 that was setting number one anyone want to see setting number two yeah no it, we, now we know that Guinan keeps a giant blaster rifle behind the bar, you know. Like any good bartender. Like any good bartender. I mean, where was that when, you know, the three alien entities had taken over Data, Troy? Oh, power play. Yeah. Where was that? I guess, I mean, Guinan wasn't there that day, but she didn't tell anyone. Hey, the only thing that can stop a bad guy inhabiting oh, your android. <laughs> Here we wow. go. Here we go. Wow. Let's not do this. Let's really not do this. But, yeah. Um, that scene. That scene is really cheesy. The the blaster. <laughs> like scene. I mean, the blaster scene. Is, like even in HD, it's like only if, really only if you're in deck nine. <laughs> it's like what? What was? Did you hear something? <laughs> it goes it? through the whole the deck, and they're like, ah, what's what's this going on? Well, so I, I'll tell you. You know, it's very easy to get quarters on deck nine. Very low rent. Uh, <laughs> low property value there on deck nine forward. Uh, you just have to mind not a lot of ruckus below you. Yeah. Um, you hear the noise. You definitely want to be on third shift for that for that one. Um, you know, but so yeah, I guess the, the episode is more is most infamous for the scenes where Troy is awkwardly floating through a green cloud. But I have to be honest with you, as a kid, those scenes were really scary for me. Like, um. Not necessarily Troy, because that was she. I think she was always awkward. I probably didn't care when I was a kid, but the way like the the creepy voices are like two moons, two eyes in the dark, creepy, <sighs> creepy whispers, whisper, creepy. They had that was they had some creepy modulation on the voice. Like it was generally creepy. Well, and of course, this is the famous. Or again, we get to see Data in command. Psh props for that and because basically everyone else on the ship is going insane so you know they put him in command and i mean it's also interesting science again i'm not a blue shirt 
Um, but like the fact that I mean, there is a bit of a science that for for those who are interested about REM, about sleep, and that even if you have regular sleep, if if humans, and I don't know if it's true. I mean, it's what the episode says, but I don't know if it's true that if you don't reach that REM sta- status, that you will go, you know, insane. And 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 sleep is very and not to be nerdy for a moment. I know sleep, even though I have no BS background, I'm a BA person, so I can I can write stuff. Um, but I um. You know, sleep is in many ways mysterious. Like, we really don't understand sleep in many ways. So I, I think this is a curious episode of that. You know, so many of us have had, maybe have had experiences in life where we've had to, like, stay up, whether it's an all-nighter for school or work or whatever. But, you know, it can definitely take you to some crazy places when you're up for a long time. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, sleep is important. Uh, but this ref- this episode also t- references other things. I mean, they try using the main deflector dish to break away, referencing that it worked in Best of Both Worlds. Well. 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 I mean, it didn't work then, and it didn't work now, so maybe we'll take it off the plate <laughs> for future for future trials. No, no, no. We don't, we don't take the main deflector off until first con. So moving on to Season 6, we have Schisms, the... Guys, I think I've been podcasting in this room before. <laughs> but, but, but the microphone wasn't like that. It, it wasn't round. It was more like it was more like a table. Like a cylinder. You were talking into a. You were talking into a table. That doesn't make any sense, Philip. Why would I be talking into a table? And when I why say, would it make sense that a table looks like a chair? When I say inclined wooden table. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. A dentist office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that jump between inclined wooden table and metal table, that the computer was taking some liberty right there. It's like, okay, I don't know what you're thinking, but here you go. But yes, this is the famous people are being abducted by the click-clack aliens and <laughs> their official name now. Uh, and for... Not the Tic Tac. No. Those are in Voyager. No. Or the they are not minty fresh at all. Uh, but yeah, they and then four crewmen, three. Uh, who was it? Jordy, Worf, Riker, and Ensign No Name. Uh, you know, go into <laughs> the holodeck to recreate the room that they were all abducted into, and you get we get the click clicks coming from the dark, and yeah, there's some some scariness I'd say to that to that scene. Watching it again, it did kind of give me chills at the end especially when the clicks come in and they're like, we've all been in this room. It's like, oh. Yeah, and, and in some ways that is, and I'm, I know we've talked about it before, but that is like the weirdest concept of like, you know, like, hey, let's try a TNG story. Let's do an alien abduction story. And they're like, wait, really? I mean, like. Oh, no, other alien Star Trek. aliens. Uh, you know, that's <laughs> what, you know, but, but it, but it, I don't know. I think it works. I don't know what our listeners think, but I mean, it works. Even though it is it is a very sort of '90s X Files you know plot, but it I I think it works very well. Even though it's kind of weird when you think about alien abductions in the Star Trek universe, I believe <laughs> that scene is is crazy effective. Like uh, that that holodeck scene for me is the creepiest, probably the creepiest scene in in TNG. Uh, because they're all like, wait a minute, we all remember this slightly, and we all remember bits, and we all remember pieces. But if we kind of put our our, you know, the 
the pieces of our puzzle together, we kind of get this this complete creepy picture. I mean, it's complete in the sense that we can put it together on the holodeck, but it's not complete as we understand what's happening to us. So it's like, it, it you know, it's for the same reason that alien abduction stories, maybe for you guys, it's not as effective for me, but I always find them very creepy because it doesn't matter. The I think the idea is powerlessness, right? It doesn't matter who you are or where you are. There's somebody more powerful than you that can take you from your place of safety and then do things to you, like saw your arm <laughs> off and reattach it um, like they do in this episode. And that's why it's creepy. It's like, yeah, you're on the flagship of the Federation, but guess what? There are these creepy aliens that can still do this to you, even to Data, right? It, uh, it's, so it's just, it's creepy. It is creepy to me. Don't I remember, Daniel, this is your favorite scene of where the anomaly is in the uh, cargo bay? That nobody sees the big huge portal that people. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, all right, oh, yeah. It's a. They're, they're like, they look up and they're like, and they have to walk like eight steps closer. What's this? It's like you could have seen this from <laughs> the hallway. Is that what you mean? Or even like if you watch the episode, right? And at the end, and it's Riker on one table and Ensign No Name on the other table. And the aliens are huddled in the corner. They only ever look at Ensign No Name because Riker is like sitting up the <laughs> entire time, being like, "What's going on?" Like, yeah, isn't you know, it, it? Isn't it Ensign Gates? Isn't it? Is she's the, you know, black female ensign? Isn't she the other victim? No. I don't remember who the second. Because there, there is a No Name. She's in the but episode. That's a different. She's, yeah. she's in the episode. I don't think she was ever abducted though. Okay. But that that is also the episode, and we talked about this before too. Where the computer is like, oh, yeah, by the way, two crew members not on the ship yeah, right now. Yeah. Didn't feel the no. need to tell anybody about that, but there are two missing crew members. I got a very right Jurassic Park so. feel from that. If if any of you read the book, <laughs> that's one of the plot points where the computer was set up to count up to a certain number. And once it saw that there were that many dinosaurs, it was like, okay, everything's good. But it didn't realize that they were breeding because it wouldn't count above the number it was expecting to see. So same thing with the computer. It's like, apparently you can tell us that these crewmen are here, but that little subroutine of if people disappear from the ship, let a senior command person know. Just, <laughs> Sir, I'm detecting an unauthorized absence from yeah, the ship. Yeah, exactly. Can, 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 can you try to stop it? No, sir. I just call it the shore leave <laughs> like uh, they, pr- you know, directive. Like the computer, they're they're even like. By the way, computer, how did this person get off the ship? Oh, I'm not really <laughs> sure. But they just left. They left at two in the morning. Isn't that weird? We're in the <laughs> middle of space and there's nothing around us. But uh, and no shuttles are missing or transporters have have been activated. That's fine. This is strange, but, but whatever. Are you saying cause... the computer is like the security guard of like the night watchman <laughs> of like? We're just paying the computer like minimum wage. They show up. We just give them a uniform with an, and a flashlight, and we call it a day. And they're like, uh, "Your ship's still here in the morning. I'll go oh, home." Actually, but now that you think about it, how does the computer know when we're here or not? Because several times in welcome to Metatrix. But, no, but but several times <laughs> the computer seems to only know where people are based on their com badge. Like it's been fooled several times. Like oh. They must be in the turbo lift. Yet, obviously, they're not. Their comm badges didn't go with them if they were sleeping. So, does it? I always sleep with mine on. <laughs> so I'm just letting you guys know. Yeah, no, that's it's it, it's true that we do see that on screen, 
but it is way too inconsistent to count yeah. on that. It, it's it's been shown that the computer can smartly and intelligently tell where, like, it knows where Wesley is in the first two seasons before he ever puts on a com badge. So, like, there are times, and it knows where all of, like, the 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 guests of the ship That's are. That's true. Oh, by the way, one of your Antikins is inside of some other alien. <laughs> Maybe we stomach. should alert someone uh, about that computer. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so a very creepy episode. And and I like how they don't show the aliens a ton. Like that it's in itself, even when you see them at yeah. the end, like just their claw hands and the clicky sounds, like it's it's very it's very creepy. Yeah, because I think in a lot of ways I'm thinking about this before I say it. I think TNG does mystery the best of all the series. Yes, I know it's a TNG podcast, so we're going to say it's always I the best. But, but I'm mean, serious. No, but I mean, like, you know, you think of, not always in the same tone, but you think clues, you think um, cause and effect, you think, um, and this one as well, there's a lot of mystery. And I don't, I don't mean like Dixon Hill mystery. It's a little mystery, bit of mystery in too. I mean... I mean, Picard even says several times, like, it's the mystery, you know, that drives us, like, in Clues. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I don't, I mean, maybe maybe Voyager, and I'm just not thinking of one, but but I don't think a lot of the the series, just, I mean, just for lack of opportunity, um, necessarily do mystery episodes. I think TNG does that um, often, not a lot, but I think this one is one of those things, and where, like you said, because if I remember correctly, because it has been a fortnight, that like to me this episode actually doesn't really kick, get going till halfway through, um, kind of it's kind of a slow going episode if I remember correctly, um, um, but but it is that sort of like just little things like Worf getting creeped right. out, you know, at the barber, and you know it's just those little things and it sort of builds. I mean, poor Mister Mott. I mean, he's been scared so tragically scarred by that encounter with. He's him. had his identity <laughs> stolen from the captain. You know, lots of credit card charges that were unexplained. Although I did totally um, empathize with Riker because many times when I was in like finals week, I felt like, okay, time to go to bed, hitting the pay. Oh, there goes my alarm. Literally a second later, I did not sleep. And I can imagine going through a week of that. I don't know how they did things on the hood, <laughs> but here on the Enterprise. <laughs> Man, Is you this know, an I, official you know, wake-up, Lieutenant? <laughs> <laughs> Where's my coffee and scone? <laughs> Sorry. I got, I've got to give it to him. Like, he does distressed really well. Like, he, he does, like, oh, man, I haven't been sleeping for days. Like, wake me up in the morning, Jordy, and Jordy comes and wakes him up. I just went to bed, man. <laughs> Leave me alone. Like uh, you know, he 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 anchors that episode uh, in a lot of ways. Which you and I think, I mean, you would think Data, a second officer, would have the job of waking up <laughs> Will. But I guess there you go. Yeah. Well, he was working with Jordy that day, I guess. Well, what is there a duty shift for waking up Riker? <laughs> funny it's how usually he... given to it's usually given to young ensigns. I was about to say, funny how Troy keeps showing up on. <laughs> well, and then doesn't Worf oversleep and like. Uh... Insurrection. Yeah. Yes. Yes, because he's because he's got a pimple. <laughs> it's a because he he's not used to he's not used to being on a starship. Well, speaking of uh, Jonathan Frake selling tiredness, I'm not crazy. <laughs> in our next episode, season six, episode twenty-one, Frame of Mind, 
what is real, what is not real. Uh, have you ever had a scab that just won't heal? Uh, boy, so this is the one where Riker is acting in Beverly's play along with Data, and he's pretending he's a crazy person in a psycho ward. And great, you know, set direction as far as like that whole door with the window and just just the way they build the whole what is real, what is not. When is he waking up? When is he? Where is he? Like, what is going on? Because there's just enough otherness kind of happening that you're like, is this all an illusion or is he going insane? Like what, what is overlapping? And they have the seeds of the larger story, you know, talking about the mission he's approaching, you know, the play and some of the elements that are real, but yeah, this is the one where basically he feels he's, uh, he's trying to tell is, is the enterprise real? Is it not? Uh, and I mean, we know that some episodes in Star Trek are, you know, this is a Picard episode. This is a date episode. This is a Riker episode. This is a very heavy Riker episode. Uh, he he carries This is it. the Riker, Riker Subrosa, but in a good way. I, I don't think you can even put that in the same sentence, Philip, but yes. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a, it's also kind of a proto- um... What is the one where um, the Deep Space Nine episode where O'Brien goes crazy? Um, was this crazy. the one where he imagined yeah. that he was in prison? Well, yes, the prison. He didn't the, imagine it. He didn't yeah. actually. Well, yeah, those 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 yeah. memories were implanted in him. But it kind of reminds me of that, and the fact like it's like how do you separate fiction from reality? And like, uh, yeah, no, he does a great job. Hard of that. Um, time. Oh yeah, hard time. What is it? Hard. Hard time. Yeah. Not yeah, like he, the know, new movie he, with Will Ferrell, but right, of course. No, no, no. He he does a good job. Um, I would definitely put this like more along the lines of like a psychological thriller than like a horror film or like a creepy film. Uh, but it definitely is like kind of a stressful episode. Uh, it's not my favorite, but there's definitely moments in it where you're just like, what what is it? You know, it's it's tough because, and a lot of sci-fi shows do this, right? Uh, I don't, uh, don't hate me, people, but I've not watched, um, I've not watched the X Files. Ooh, get off the stage! But I, I can guarantee. Tristan, what do you mean you won't do our intros anymore? Gosh, sorry. I mean, (laughs) we didn't mean it. But lots of sci-fi does this, where like they will pretend the like. Maybe everything you know isn't real, but guess what? We're in season six, and we do know that the series is real. You're not going to give us like this right. crazy, ridiculous well, twist in the sixth season that, oh, the Enterprise was never real, and it was that's all the big reset button. So it, yeah, just, it feels kind of disingenuous. Just because you've given me the opening, the, the worst, to, to me and personally, the worst offender of that is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was in season six as well, or seven, I think. I can't remember. But it was the one where Buffy goes back to being in an insane asylum, um, and her parents are there, and they're like, oh, no, you're, you dreamt this whole thing. And to me, that was irritating because it's an, almost an open-ended ending of, like, maybe this is all fake, and she's retreating. And I was like, oh, you just... But fortunately... <sighs> Riker phasers the fourth wall and it shatters into a million pieces. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I don't know, Darren. You sound angry 
Is it time for a treatment? You can give me drugs. You can tell me what to say, what to do, what to think, what to think, what to say, what to do. But I am not insane. You're becoming agitated. You bet I'm agitated. (laughs) Editing this podcast night and day, day and night. Coming up with topics (laughs) week after week after week. That is the reading of Frame of Mind. Listening to freaking Ode to Spot over and over and over. <laughs> Data doesn't have to learn his line. Data just reads the freaking pad, and then he just regurgitates it every single time. And Yeah, I, that was also a fun part where, you know, again, who knows if that actually happened, but when, uh, when he's starting to, like, lose it, and Data's all kind of rolling with it, and he's like, uh, yes, clearly... We still need work to do. Like, Data's not a good improv guy. He He's like, you're going off script, Commander. You know, but... Um, <laughs> and poor Beverly in the back row mouthing every single line. Uh, you know, because like, have some faith. He's, he's got this. He's got it. Hey, directors need to sit in the back row, not next to the curtain, okay? <laughs> have some faith. Um, but... Line? <laughs> I am not... I, I, in I am not insane. Yes. <laughs> what did I'm not What do we think of? I'm not insane. I'm not insane. As a last point for this episode, what did we think of the aliens of the week? Like their look, the many furrowed brow, eyes. I mean, it 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 did stand out, which I think is the point that it's supposed to draw your attention to this out of place crewman, blue shirt, might I add. Always shifty. I don't know. It's it's not it's not because it's not because he's a blue shirt. It's just because this is it's like Commander McDuff just <laughs> showing up all over the ship. You just get you get weirded out when this is some random oh, there person. There we go. That's, now that's, that's what time. we were missing in this episode. So who's our crew of misplaced aliens? We have Commander <laughs> McDuff, the island of the island of misfit Starfleet officers. Yeah, the bridge. That no, I'm saying like it, it, like a plot point to as folks will know as a plot an unnecessary plot point just to get something is called a MacGuffin. I think a random. Uh, random uniform person in a Star Trek episode who you know is probably the killer. Yes. We call him McDuff. It's like when a random celebrity shows up on Law and Order, like they're gonna be the killer. So we got Commander <laughs> McDuff. We have I, I think they do give him a name, but I can't recall it. Uh, but this you know science officer, uh, Lieutenant something. Uh, what other aliens have impersonated people on Next Gen? There's not a lot. That I can think of. Oh, oh, oh! The one from, um, oh, come on! The one from the episode where Picard is abducted and replaced with a duplicate right. Picard who sings in the bar songs. Uh, what is the well, Starfleet yeah, officer? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's not. I can't remember. <laughs> what episode is? What episode um, is that? I can't allegiance? remember. Allegiance. Yeah, is it allegiance something is the like one that. where he Maybe. was? Yeah, yeah right. where they have the duplicate. And he's in the room with the four, the three others. Yes, yeah, that's. I'm pretty sure that's Allegiance. And one's a Bajoran, isn't it? It's the Bajoran, right? That's, no, it's the. the she's a Bolian. Cadet. She's a Bolian with hair. Bolian, yeah, Bolian yes, female, yeah. which throws you off. Yeah. So she's a she's a cadet Bolian. Okay, so we got three people on our crew of uh, misfit toys. <laughs> Who's McDuff's. Of McDuff's? On the USS Lollipop, Who's that is now their captain? ship. Uh, oh, that guy the, could be it. That the could be good. The good ship lollipop. 
uh tell me about the oh that yeah that guy the crewman that Riker <laughs> knew once upon a time well well in yesterday's enterprise there was this um one person that was untactical um, oh lieutenant dick uh, no no you're close um but it was oh. it was she was wearing a yellow and like you could knew she didn't she belong swept there back wesley crusher um, from yesterday's enterprise b1 <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm blanking. What was her name? I, I uh, can't remember. Uh, I think Ooh. okay. I think that's it. I can't. I don't. Like I said, there's not too many impersonated McDuffs. Starfleet McDuffs. Really, honestly, if you have a McDuff, it always choose McDuff. <laughs> you have a McDuff on your crew. I'll remember that for fun. the next time. Well, we it's, have it's also there's also there's also the there's also the. Uh, there's also the uh, <laughs> Um, episode. Um, and I'm blanking on the name. It's like the seventh season one where Troy kills Worf. Uh, um, and it's it's, Eye of the it's that one like there's I think it's a blue shirt. I think there's a blue shirt in that one too. Where she's like, oh no it's no, a yellow it's shirt, a yellow he's got shirt. The funny thing on his forehead. I mean, I know that really narrows it down in Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, and she's but interviewing. Yeah, him. it's yeah. where you've never seen him before. He he's the one who died there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that's like that's a crew of like five or so on the USS Lollipop. That's uh, that's uh. Oh no, we can yeah. definitely build a crew. We're, we're just, just missing yeah, we're some just missing. for sure. I mean, yeah. uh, we'll just need uh come on Aaron, we need a we need a t shirt. <laughs> another another Earl Grey and, gem. And our fans write it right in with no, your No, that that may be a future Bridgemates um <laughs> team against y'all. So one will be Team Lollipop and their th- and their motto will be you can't lick us. <laughs> uh, okay, so the last of our main topic before we get to honorable mentions is Genesis, but not the classified world of Forbidden. No, this is the season seven, episode nineteen. Uh, was it was it Roger Moore who did this one or Braga? I think it was Braga. <laughs> I think it's a no. It's it's yeah. definitely a Braga. I do not think it was the actor who played James Bond. No, I don't think it was Roger yes. Moore. And and it was directed by. By uh, Beverly Crusher right. herself. Oh, I did not know uh, that. But yeah, so Genesis is the one where... Okay, so if I can't say de-evolve, Daniel, what am I supposed to say? Because they say de-evolve several times in this episode. Yes. Is it, is it unevolved? Which is terrible and wrong. And this, and this is... And thi- Tell me, Blue no, Shirt, what is the just, scientific it, it's term? Just a, <laughs> first of all, this is just goes to show how very ignorant Brennan Braga is about scientific Negative matters. evolution? Like, because that He's, sounds really crazy. There is no such thing, evolution. No, no, no. no. Let's, evol- let's be sh- let's be straight here, Daniel. Who causes the problem on this episode? <laughs> Who causes the problem <laughs> in this episode? It's his last episode. You Barkley. cannot get mad at Barkley right. for this. <laughs> uh. No, it's just evolution has no purpose or 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 end goal. You you you. The, the the beings look when I watched cells. Super Mario Brothers the movie it was really clear that oh, you could just de-evolve <laughs> people with those blaster guns I mean if you're talking scientific accuracy you can't get much better than oh, look boy. everyone knows that humans came from spiders I think no no some hang on, humans came from spiders obviously but others science. came from apes and you know yeah. Let's let us just say that this is the spiritual prequel uh, to Threshold. That's <laughs> okay. it. That's ex- okay. J- just so you know, it's the same guy that wrote it. It's the same principle. 
Uh, it's this is essentially what happens before. And now we uh, have these special crew and, and of also, all the re-evolved. <laughs> I'll say, uh, you know, Enter- Enterprise crew plus Janeway and uh, Tom. Tom. Yes, he pulls the same well, like, nonsense. He pulls the same nonsense in Threshold. It's the exact same nonsense. Oh, we go warp ten. Let's just make everybody something other, something else, some other being or creature or something. That makes sense. I can't right? wait until Daniel evolves and his. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I, you know, I think one part that I really enjoy is that, you know, uh, talk about, you know, de-evolving, quote, quote, quote. So, like, you know, at least what little I know of, uh, of Homo sapiens evolution, you know, it's, you know, gradual, you know, things. So, like, apparently Klingons were, like, dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then they shrunk into more humanoids. So, like... Prehistoric Klingon is about like two times the size of a regular Klingon with an exoskeleton and everything. And so they just de-evolved to, I guess, the wimpier version we know today. Okay, I just thought of another episode, which we can say. What's the one with Jordy where he um, changes into like that? Oh, Interface? Oh, no, not interface. interface. It's... I know what you're talking about because they sell that as an action figure, yeah. which is lame. Oh, when he's like a he yeah, can turn invisible. I can't or yes, remember the title of that one. I, I, it's one of the ones that I watch very rarely, so I can't. Identity, Identity crisis. crisis. Okay. We'll talk about that next. So, um, but that'll get an honorable mention. But Genesis, yeah, okay. So, pseudoscience aside, you know, it's. <laughs> for, well, you get a little bit of a setup in the beginning. You have the wayward torpedo war freaks out about his guidance Whoa. system. Oh. Speaking of war, the villain in this episode is clearly is one hundred percent Lieutenant Worf. One thing, the man doesn't know how to do a torpedo, <laughs> right? And like everyone just glares yeah, at him for looks. the first ten minutes. It's like, yeah, Captain Picard's like, nice one. <laughs> Lieutenant, I guess I'll have to go in the shuttle and go Myself. after it. Worf, Data, you're with me. Ooh. Uh, Riker's like, so how about you repair that, Lieutenant, while the captain has to go clean up your garbage? <laughs> I remember when Yar was here for three weeks, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, but yeah, the whole you know the adrift Enterprise in space where we gotta. 2001 dock with it and you know just that all the power's out and you know they they do a good job of just building that tension as Picard and Data you know the mystery machine duo are trying to figure out you know what's going on and let's be clear Worf Troy Torf is hot is 100% going in this episode not 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 entirely sure if it was a hundred percent both ways because he was oh well yeah right but the problem he that I have right with this episode oh by the way you know right look it's, and it's by the, the way, classic <laughs> romantic tale <laughs> and let's not forget that uh, while Picard and Data are trying to solve this Picard yeah. is turning into a lemur because Armistice. why you know not? what. I'm F pretty signs. sure they had a dark interesting stance with your arms there, Daniel. Or they just they opened up, you know, a zoo book or something, and they threw darts at it, and they're like, "Okay, he becomes yes, this, Brandon. he becomes that." Uh, yeah, Brandon, 
again, again, maybe a decent fiction writer, not the best <laughs> science fiction writer that we've ever had in Star Trek history, okay? And, and I think uh, I'm not... the scariest part for Daniel in this episode is when Riker tries to eat <laughs> who I Who I believe... Now, now I, you know, we did see that spot. Oh, gosh. And this is science. No. Turn no. into an iguana, and that's just science, folks. That's science. Um, so, Daniel, what did Livingston devolve into? Was he well, a rock or something? I mean, that's about oh, as yes, yes. According to Braga science, it would probably be a dandelion, <laughs> an underwater because that's just what would make sense at that point. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, 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 I'm ragging on him because he sucks at this stuff. He sucks. At it. It's terrible. Him. And that's right, Brennan. That's Earl Grey anytime <laughs> you want. Yeah, I'd love to talk to him about it. I'd love to be like, just do regular fiction. If you can't do science fiction, if you can't figure out what the science part means, then just do regular fiction because you seem to be pretty good at that. Anyways, uh, anyways, that's my well, frustrations. Um, but I will say, despite the <laughs> ridiculous... I actually think this is a really interesting episode to put up against Threshold. I seriously do. Because Threshold, for some reason, for some reason, crossed boundaries to the normal viewer. Barriers. Where everybody dismisses it. Everybody says this is so ridiculous. Honestly, if you put Threshold and Genesis next to each other, for some reason, people can get past Genesis and not past Threshold. And I don't know what that is. And I will even say t- in, in, in that defense, that yeah, Genesis actually is a tense episode. Like when Worf is like pounding on the door and it's like, it is, it's scary. It's yeah. like, wow, whoa, whoa, that is tense. Like what, you know what I mean? And so I don't know what exactly is happening there, why I can buy parts of Genesis, whereas Threshold is so easily dismissed. Um, but it's it's really interesting to see that. So there are parts of this episode, even though it, as hard as it is to swallow as a whole, um, there are parts of it that kind of are really scary. I think the problem with your swallowing is... <laughs> um, but yeah, I think what really helps with Genesis is that, and I know we've kind of said it, but I just want to put a put a pen tail on it, is that, um, or lampshade it, is that like the, the whole atmosphere is scary because you have lighting, obviously. I mean, that's the most obvious thing. But like you have the animal yeah. sounds going on, you have sort of like the um like the skin right yeah the like shed the, skin you know, reptiles, shed, you know, and you just have like you know and like things that are clawed. You have like the person who's mauled literally. Yeah, Isn't there, am I, am yeah, I mind someone who was clawed. Up? I think they were um, sitting in the con. Yeah. Oh, the con. That's right. Yeah. I mean, this and is, as they this fell is, to die, their hand hit the rotate button. That's how the Enterprise was slowly spinning on its axis. <laughs> Right, um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean this is this is this is pretty. I mean, I I've always enjoyed this episode, um, science schmice. Um, and so, but well, yeah. yeah, two, yeah, a couple things pop out to me with this episode. One is, I mean, it's really unfortunate the Enterprise wasn't near a star, so the, we didn't have light pouring through the windows to light up the scene. <laughs> so we got it was really dark. Uh, but yeah, every time they talk about like T cell virus, I can't help but think about uh. Was it Resident Evil? They throw the word they throw the word oh, T yeah. cell around wow. like Yeah. Wow, that is you're right. And I'm like, oh. I'm just picturing the this... vial Beverly has like that double helix little cool, you know, uh test tube, but 
Well, most pe- most people don't know that uh, the Uniform Corporation actually has a subsidiary in sickbay. Umbrella. Uh, umbrella. Umbrella. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's um, all. It's all their fault. They're they're right. experimenting on the Enterprise crew. Well, and then to touch on what you guys are saying about Threshold, I think, you know, if I was rewriting Threshold, I would have taken it in a parallels way. So have where they break the warp 10 barrier, they fracture into jumping to different times and you could play with, you know, what if Voyager never left? What if Voyager was in Borg space still? What if, Vo- you know, just anything besides lizard. Be they have done those episodes. <laughs> well, yeah. Now, you know, to hear you guys complaining about lizard babies now after. <laughs> no, but hang on, hang on, hang on. Two <laughs> defeats. There, there is. And, and this is what happens when someone who clearly doesn't understand. And look, I, I'm only a layman. I, clearly I'm he's no blue shirt. Any I'm not a scientist. <laughs> yes, Dr. Vinkman. But I am a blue shirt. And I will say. Look, I have a snowball in my hand right now. Explain to me how there's global warming. <laughs> it's, you know, there's like, but that's the thing. So threshold is like 50% totally reasonable. Like fifty percent, you can get building the ship and I, trying to I think, break warp ten. Yeah, yeah, building the ship. I mean, the stupid like Neelix figures out the the you know the warp <laughs> whatever. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Oh, all you have to do is put some of the older root in it, and then you <laughs> totally understand to the how warp, warp physics work. <laughs> you know that's ridiculous, but that's fine. And then and even like the after effects of like, oh my. I went faster than time itself and my tongue fell out and I want to kiss people and pepperoni pizza. Like, well, that's what I want all the time. So if I, whatever, anyways, I'm just saying that there are a lot of things about threshold that aren't terrible. Um, and there are a lot of things about Genesis that are terrible and that aren't terrible. And I'm just, I'm actually curious why people give this one a pass and not threshold. I'm not defending threshold. Because it sounds like Please you are. Misunderstand me. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like you want to marry threshold. Have honestly. its lizard babies. <laughs> please, please, please let me join lizard babies. I just want to win for once. I just want to know. What no, it's you're stuck win. with us. So does that make uh, to bring it full circle? Does that make standard Robert maroon monster? Is that Worf when he devolves? Is he the maroon monster? Or the monster maroon, be. as Philip would be. say. Well, it turns out the maroon monster was <laughs> us the whole time. <laughs> Soylent maroon or, is or was it Sorry, sorry for getting off. <laughs> sorry, Soylent maroon. Soylent maroon might be the have to be the episode. No, time. no. Sorry for good. getting us off on a tangent. I'm so, sorry. So yeah, there's two other honorable mentions I wanted to mention honorably. Uh, remember me, the one where. Everyone's disappearing, and Beverly is the only one who can remember them. And she's like, "Really? They built the entire Enterprise for you and me, Jean-Luc. This isn't a pleasure cruise." Like, part two of yes. the Traveler trilogy. I'm waiting for that box set. Still, <laughs> it's they haven't they haven't made it. I don't know why. But also known as La Voyageur Part Two. But any <laughs> any thoughts on that episode, you guys? With I mean, it's definitely not as scary as the other ones we've been talking about, but it does have a mystery element, like we've mentioned, that TNG does fairly well. You know, in some ways, I mean, it's not a, I mean, it's not a, it's a middling episode. I would say neither good nor bad. 
But like they could have made that spooky because the concept is there of what happens when people start disappearing, but everyone thinks it's perfectly normal. Um, I mean, they could have made that spookier than it, like mm. with the tone. But you know, so yeah, they don't. Yeah, I agree totally, Philip. They they don't focus on that. If they did, if they were like Beverly, what are you talking about? There were not twenty five more people on this ship five minutes ago. Like that would be really and everyone creepy. legitimately like like really believes like, that. Like they're not pranking you. Like they don't know what you're talking about. Right. I mean, they could have been like, "You've never had a Doctor Salar. What are you talking about?" And yeah, would have I been totally like, don't yeah, remember Doctor Salar. Doctor Salar. Let it go, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> Any other things you want to say on Remember Me, Daniel? Remember? Uh it's it's a, it has creepy elements to it. Not not really a scary episode, but But enough about uh, the traveler. But enough about the traveler. Any other thoughts that Philip hasn't cut off this time? <laughs> Alright. No, 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 that's fine. And that's... then my last honorable mention is where silence has lease. So we have was it Nagilim? The creepy face that's not a face. And, yeah, I mean, there are definitely some scary tendencies in this episode. Rats in a maze. And let's not forget poor Ensign Redshirt No Name who, you know, no, you know, kind of has a scanner's moment or something, dies. Uh, But that one definitely had some, some creepy parts to it. Yeah, because I, I, I think with that one, even though it's early days, um, sometimes a lot of the scary episodes in TNG and in anything in general, even just life, is when you when you're out of control or when you when you're powerless. Um, and, and so this is the ultimate one where again it's a mystery episode. It's a, it's a great like, great TNG mystery episode of what's going on. Why why are there why are there two bridges? I don't know. Um, but you know and and uh, exactly and. and and you know it's not a heavy mystery episode, but it's a little bit of a sum because you know they really don't explain at all what's going on other than it's just crazy town, USA. Um, but yeah, so so I think. But then when you start having this sort of godlike being, for lack of a better word, um, you know who's in control and you know, who knows what he's going to do to you, that does have a, certainly a, a great element of horror. Yeah, it makes me think of that Voyager episode where the out of phase aliens were like doing experiments on them. Yes. Scientific method. I mean, obviously not exactly the same. They're not stuck in a nebula or whatever, but. Uh... That, is, I, that is Daniel's favorite moment of Janeway <laughs> crashing into the two sons. That's also uh, from, it's also a very similar premise from a movie, which I've mentioned before from They Live. Where which everybody oh, that's there such are a good movie. secret invisible aliens. I've seen it now. Of, I finally saw it. Yeah. I, I'm in the yes. club now. Yes. I'm here to chew bubblegum. <laughs> kick some ass <laughs> and I'm all out of bubblegum. Uh yeah, yeah. So um but No, it's 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 it is uh, a creepy kind of episode as well. Uh, and not to kind of preempt you, Darren, but one one thing that I would have mm-hmm. mentioned that you didn't No, go for it. That's okay. Uh, oh, yeah. First contact. I remember being younger and being kind of scared about, like, 
you know, like that middle section where it's like you don't know where the Borg are and like they're going through the halls and it's a it's crazy. or it's conspiracy. Creepy, creepy I mean, story. maybe that's more me personally as that was like one of the first episodes I saw with the exploding, oh, you know, guy's head in the end and it, yeah, there's like they're eating the bugs and the thing crawls in his mouth and it's it's definitely creepy. Creepy and crawly. Oh, now I'm having creepy crawler commercials running through my head. But Oh, it's just a creepy so, so crawler. Surprised I didn't burn myself <laughs> on that thing. It was or die from the toxic fumes that spewed out into my room. <laughs> <It was>, <laughs> <laughs> they were <laughs> it's like let's give kids a small <laughs> oven. <laughs> And let's give them metal plates that they're going to handle with this little plastic fork to make their own (laughs) non-edible, non-gummy plastic worms. Who thought this was a good idea? Gosh, there's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Oh, I had had, like a whole creepy crawlers Uh. thing, and it was like filled. Wow, that is that's old school. But seriously, <laughs> oh, there's so many ways to burn oh, yourself man. on that thing. <laughs> is it like the cornholer in Arrested Development? Anyway. Oh, it is. Yeah, uh, it's exactly okay. well, like that. One last point I wanted to ask you guys: Is it possible? Can you rank these four episodes for you? So, Night Terrors, Isms, Frame of Mind, and Genesis on the scare factor. So, if you were planning your marathon to scare the uh, scants off your friends not that you would want to please don't don't do that but uh what order would you show these in i will go first to give you time since i sprung this one um but yeah i would start with frame of mind scary it's not you know it's probably the least scary in my opinion of these four uh then move on to night terrors then schisms, then Genesis. Uh, just the the jump scares and the overall mood of the dark lighting of Genesis, I think, puts it at the, you know, that's how I want to end. Countdown to midnight of Halloween. I mean, <clears throat> I'll answer your question with my own, because uh, <laughs> I'll reject the premise of your question. Um, but no, like with uh, Genesis, to me, that would be the of of the ones we have listed. That would be the one I would mo- most mm. want to see in a movie theater. That would That's be the scariest because, like I said, it just has that ambiance of, especially if you have, like, if you re- kind of redid the sound, and so you have like the animal oh. sounds coming from your side, you know, surround sound, and then you sort of just have, you know, the and then music, for the epilogue they have playing, the schisms you know. uh, holodeck scene at the very end, the clicks in seven point one. Okay, Dan, you can answer either question, uh, order of your marathon or which one would be best uh, in a movie theater setting. Oh, no, I'll rank Midnight showing. The midnight hour. You mean 2400? Well, yes, it's military Star Trek time. Okay. I'm going to say uh, Frame of Mind would be, would be my least scary episode, uh, followed by Genesis, and it's... De-evolution. Uh, it's, they say it. It's um, canon. And then, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then night and night terrors, which is which is good, but you know can you can get bogged down in the visuals of it. Uh, and then schisms, which I actually think is the creepiest uh, when you get down to it. Yeah. And think about yeah. It. It's 
I mean, when you think of scary Star Trek, usually schisms is the first one you think of. You know, if you've watched all of Star Trek. Just saying. That helps. <laughs> well, talking about things that go bump in the night on deck 10 isn't the only thing we're talking about here on <laughs> Earl Grey and Trek FM. Here's a look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Yeah, he can edit the crap out of a movie. Literally. Like, that's actually <laughs> how he got the job on uh, for Nemesis, is he edited the crap out of uh, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, and Mission Impossible 2. And they're like, thanks, Stuart Baird. Earl Grey. Oh, by the way, six hours in. If you press shift, you'll run throughout the whole game. <laughs> press shift when your characters are moving. And they'll actually move at a reasonable, reasonable. <laughs> The orb. If he had, like, a game card, his power, you know, like, would be higher yeah. than any other captain for the, their persuasion power. You'll be like, damn, I was winning, and then he went and played a Cisco card on me. The ready room. Someone pointed out that this is actually the shortest title of any Star Trek episode it's shorter than Voyager's Q squared by half a character because the two is superscript. <laughs> We're number one. We're number one. <laughs> to the journey. It's fake intimacy. Thank you. It is them trying to say Jacote knows Janeway so well that just by fiddling her com badge, he knows the crap's going to hit the fan. Commentary, Trek stars. Lost World's a terrible movie. I haven't seen Jurassic World, though. The 602 Club. We wake up in the middle of the night, and I pop back in episode five, and I watch it again. Like, there's something about this movie that from even then, you know, I'd seen them all. It's all clean slate. This one was already my favorite. Literary Treks. It definitely starts in a very dark place, and it doesn't get much brighter at all, uh, you know, until we until we get to the end, and, and, you know, there's some hope there. But, yeah, definitely, it's, it's a dark book. Women at Warp. There were no, oh, you're a girl, so you can't do that. It's like, well, you know what? You used to hang out with the Kardashians, or the Klingons, so... Let's see what that would look like. Why don't you try that on for a while? And introducing Metatrex. If you're commander of a starship, a thousand choices are going to uh, confront you in the course of, of your day in, in the captain's chair, and you just can't ignore them. So asking ourselves whether we really have free will is just a meaningless question on that view. I personally would like to be confronted with the choice to warp to Ryza, just saying. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zoom. Visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to Trek.fm contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek FM Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on facebook.com slash trekfm or join our Facebook listener discussion group called the Babel Conference. 
Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trekfm today. So, Philip, what are your Halloween plans? What I need to know, what are you dressing up as uh, when you are going to your uh, Genesis movie midnight showing? Sure. Um, I'm going to go as um, Data. Uh, it's it's the easiest, really. Um, I, I and the way you do it is you sort of put in the boot drive um, on your on your costume and carry a floppy disk with you, and that would be Data Diavolt. Um, but they can also find me on on the internets um, on Twitter, and that's NC Public Servant. That's NC for no candy. I was gonna say for no clicks. And Daniel, same question. If you're dressing up for Halloween in a scary TNG way, or maybe something even scarier, I haven't even thought of. What would it be? They can they can get a hold of me uh, on Twitter at One Up Dan. Uh, that's the number one, not the word. And of course, I would be dressed up as a clockwork orange person with their eyes propped open, constantly watching the Star Wars trailer until December 18th. (sighs) (laughs) Well, I think I'm going to create some new playlists and uh, try to find out where that clicking sound is coming from. It's, yeah, it's getting a little creepy in here, guys. Live long and prosper. Make it so. Endgame. Fire.